Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Well, we're in the book of Jonah, and we're going to look at Jonah chapter 3 tonight, and we're going to talk about a subject that, if you're not careful, can be confusing, although it doesn't need to be. How many of you understand that so often we take things in Scripture and make them harder than they are intended to be? because we don't fully understand everything, because we want it to say something that maybe it doesn't say. So let's look. Let's go to Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. There's 10 verses in this chapter. The Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Remember, he's just, the whales or the great fish has put him on land. He says, look, get up, go to the great city of Nineveh, deliver the message I've given you. And this time, finally, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large it took three days to see it all. So as he walked around it and walked through it, three days. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast, put on burlap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne, took off his royal robes, dressed himself in burlap, sat on a heap of ashes. The king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals, from your herds and flocks may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change His mind and hold back His fierce anger from destroying us. And when God saw what they had done, how they had put a stop to their evil ways, He changed His mind and did not carry out the destruction He had threatened. So here's the question, does God change his mind? Now, to understand this, there's a word that we use for God, part of his character traits. He is immutable, which means he is not capable of or susceptible to change. So we're going to look at this tonight, the subject, because it's a key part of what he does. It's a key part throughout Scripture to understand it. Here it says God changed his mind. We see another place in Exodus chapter 32. There's another story similar to. Lord said to Moses, quick, go down. Moses is up on the mountain with God. Your people whom you brought from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Notice God said, your people, not my people, your people. How quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They have melted down gold, made a calf, and they have bowed down and sacrificed to it. They are saying, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And then the Lord said, I've seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. That's still pretty much characteristic of today, isn't it? Now leave me alone so my fierce anger can blaze against them, and I'll destroy them, and then I'll make you, Moses, into a great nation. Moses tried to pacify the Lord his God. Oh, Lord, he said, why are you so angry with your own people whom you brought from the land of Egypt with such great power and such a strong hand? And why let the Egyptians say their God rescued them with the evil intention of slaughtering them in the mountains and wiping them from the face of the earth? Turn away from your fierce anger. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you have threatened against your people. 
Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You bound yourself with an oath of them saying, I'll make your descendants as numerous as the stars of the heaven. I'll give them all of this land that I have promised to your descendants. They will possess it forever. So the Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster he would threaten to bring his people. There it is. But then in Numbers we read, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not a human, so he does not change his mind. Well, hold it. We just read where he did change his mind. Twice, right? Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Look at 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 29. And he who is the glory of Israel will not lie, nor will he change his mind, for he's not human that he should change his mind. So how does this play out? How do we rectify this? What do we do? Well, you have to understand Scripture, implications, where it's happening, what's taken on. So what we want to do tonight is just kind of look at this and let's walk through it and kind of get an insight into this. And what we're going to talk about, the three truths about the unchanging nature of God. God doesn't change. First of all, God's personality is unchanging. He is the same all the time. God never gets up on the wrong side of the bed. God does not have good days and bad days. He's always the same. Hebrews 1.10, he also says to the Son, I'm the beginning. Lord, you laid the foundation of the earth, made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you will remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. Now, just insert here. What we see going on today is the earth wearing out like old clothing. That's what it's saying. You can try to save the planet all you want. It is not going to last forever. It's wearing out. You will fold them up like a cloak, discard them like an old clothing, but you are always the same. You will live forever. Hebrews 13 verse 8 Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. So God in His personality is always the same. James chapter 1, verse 17, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. So the same God that created the heaven and earth, He sent the prophets of Israel. He told them what was going to happen. He is always good. God is always loving. God is always kind. God is always merciful. God is always compassionate. God is always full of grace. God is just. That does not change. You can count on it. Now, we people, we change. Often. Many times a day. Depending on who we're with. Depending on what we feel like. But God does not change. Well, God doesn't care about me. Hold it. That goes against Scripture. That goes against the character, the personality of God. God always cares. Well, God doesn't love me. Then you don't know God because God is love. He is always that way. His personality does not 
change ever. It's always the same. Got it? Secondly, God's promises are unchanging. God always does everything He says. He does not forget. He does not have to set a reminder on His iPhone. He does not have to be reminded of this or that or that. The Lord is always faithful, and what He promises you can do. Therefore, when the Scriptures say this is what God will do, you can count on it. Isaiah 40, verse 8, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the Word of God stands forever. It's always there. It's at that place where God comes to that place where His promises are always true. Psalm 33, verse 10, do you have that in your notes? Did I go by it? Nope. Do you have that in your notes? Yes. Okay, the Lord frustrates the plans of the nation and thwarts all their schemes, but the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. So, God says, look, I, I not have a plan B. This is what I'm going to do. He's at that place where He says, this is it. Well, it looks like God changed His mind back in Exodus. He was going to destroy them. Looks like God changed His man, mind back in the book of Jonah. But see, what God does is He says, this is who I am and this is what I do. And if God is a God of forgiveness and God is a God who is just, then He gives people a second chance, doesn't He? Moses comes to God, God, this is who you are. He appeals to His nature. He knows, God, you're caring, you're loving, you're kind. You've never broken a promise. You do everything you said you do. Every promise in the book is mine, was the old course you'd sing every once in a while in Sunday school. Every chapter, every verse, every line. And so you and I have to understand God's promises are true. Now, the, where we get into trouble is sometimes we claim promises from God's Word that aren't for us today, that aren't for this moment and you have to know the difference. But God always keeps His Word. All right? God's plan is unchanging. His plan is unchanging. In other words, He knows the future from beginning to end. He knows what is going to happen in the future. You and I don't. But God has a plan. Well, I sure wish you'd let me in on the plan. If he tried to sit down and explain it to you, you'd be lost. Here's what Isaiah says. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. The Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions are never shaken. So we come to that place. I know I just read that. That's okay. We come to that place where we understand, here's what God says He will do. Someone a while back asked me about the return of Jesus Christ. said, well, you know what? If we pray, will, will we stop some of that and can we infect that? And I'm thinking, why would you? That's what we hope for. We want Jesus Christ to return until things start getting really bad. And then we want Him to change, Right? Don't make it so bad. And yet, he tells us in days, things get bad, don't they? Well, I want him to come back, but I don't want it to be hard. Sorry. It's a hard time. And so, we realize that 
the Father knows the time. It's set. He understands it. He knows it. His plan will happen. There is nothing you and I can do to change the plans of God that are set throughout eternity. Now, what about this unchanging plan? There's some things you and I need to understand. Everything He's promised, He'll do. I'll do whatever I wish. Here's the unchanging plan of God. Number one, God must punish people for their sins. If He doesn't punish for sin, He is not just. He is not fair. There is nothing anyone will ever do that will sneak past God. Oh, good, I got by with that. And in Exodus, what do we see? The people are sinning, aren't they? Nineveh, the people are sinning, aren't they? God's natural response is He's going to judge sin. It was what their sin required. They were sowing seeds of idolatry, and they were going to reap the wrath of God. That idolatry would plague them throughout their history. And so God says, look, I've seen their sin. Their sin has to be dealt with. He's just faithful. He's going to judge. God will punish sin. You got that? You have to get that. That's what God does. Don't think for a moment that sin goes unnoticed by God. Secondly, God provides a mediator. A mediator. Now see, what He did in the case of Israel, Moses was there. Moses interceded for them, didn't he? Jonah goes to Nineveh. What's Jonah doing? He's interceding for them, isn't he? Remember, God came to Abram, Abraham, and he said, Abraham, I'm getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham says, well, what if I find 40 people? Who the... And Abraham was a meteor. He got it down to 10. Couldn't find them. So he doesn't, he, he punishes sin but he blesses people when they return, repent from their sin. He said, I'm going to deliver you from Egypt. I'm going to set you free. I want to set you free. And then they begin to sin. So he sends someone to stand in the gap. He said to Abraham, I'm about to ring down fire. Abraham, can we find some people? Will, we, will you relent? Yeah, I will. And so, he, he could have done that and just destroyed, but he didn't. He said, this is who I am. But he always puts someone to stand in the gap. And Moses prays. And what does God do? God puts mercy on display. God puts mercy on display. Psalm 106, verse 23. So he declared he would destroy them, but Moses, his chosen one, stepped between the Lord and the people, and he begged him to turn from his anger and to not destroy them. So we understand God has righteous anger, that sin has to be punished. And what's the penalty for sin for us? Death. Eternal death. But God says, I'm going to send a mediator, Moses, Abraham, Jonah, someone who will stand on behalf of the people to give them an opportunity. But I will judge sin. 
Old Testament. But then there comes this other mediator. His name is Jesus Christ. And you and I deserve to die because of our sins. But he sends someone to stand in the gap. He sends a way for us to escape judgment. He sends one who's, we're told through Scripture, still speaks. One who still gives opportunity. Because here's what we know. Just like Jonah, Abraham, Moses, judgment is coming. Right? It's coming. Sin has to be judged. God won't change that. And he gives everybody an opportunity to change. And if you and I will receive the Savior, then we have a way out. And God doesn't necessarily change his mind, although we could call it that. But he no longer looks at that sin the same way because you and I are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so God says, look, my justice requires that sin be dealt with. I'm not going to tolerate it. I'm not going to put up with it. We don't understand that. We don't understand the seriousness of sin. And he says, I'm going to destroy people. Hell is real. People are going to go there. Count on it. But if you listen to the one who gives you an opportunity to change, I will change what is destined for you, death, and I will give you life. I'm glad God changes like that. I'm glad that's what he does. His personality is always the same. He's always this way. His promises are always true because he'll do everything he's promised. His plan is going to happen. The earth's going to wear out. Jesus Christ is going to return. There's going to be judgment brought. But God gives us a man who offers us a way out, who offers us something new. And so we serve an unchanging God in one sense, but then a God who is willing to offer us a change if we'll take it. So, since God's unchanging, what should we do? We praise God. We praise God. We praise Him for two reasons. They're there in your notes. Because He does not change for better or worse, we praise Him for that. That every time I get to talk to God, I always know what He's like. God, are you listening to me? I'm always listening to you. In fact, I hear you when you don't talk to me. I hear your heart. I always pay attention. God, do you love me? I always love you. I always care for you. He does not change for better. He's always the same. Because we don't want a God who can get better or get worse. He can't get better. He's not going to get any worse. He is who He is. He's God. He's perfection. And He's always compassionate to me. He's always loving to me. 
He's always caring for me. He's always listening to me. He's always trying to help me. And I can give him praise for who he is. And if you pay attention, a lot of the courses and songs that we sing are songs that give God praise for his character. This is who he is. And when you pray to God and give God praise, thank him for who he is. He does not change. Secondly, I give him praise because he does not change his relationship with me. (laughs) See, he's always the same. We sing a song here. It's an old song, but there's some new words to it. Uh, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. The Lord has promised good to me. My word his hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. You can count on it. He always loves you. He always cares for you. He always wants what's best for you. He hates the sin. He does not hate you. He won't tolerate the sin, but he keeps loving you into a relationship with him. God is not your enemy. God is your friend, your Savior. So we praise him. We pray to him. And you see, prayer is not something that we do to try and get our way. Prayer is not about me trying to manipulate God to get what I want. Prayer is not me trying to find a formula that if I say these words in this way for this amount of time, then my prayer will get answered and I'll get what I want. God's ways are higher than ours. And God is listening to us and he wants us to pray. And here's the thing. Well, if that's the case and God's plans are all set, why should I pray? Why should I do that? God's already determined everything. Well, but here's the deal. God sent Jonah to a people to tell them, repent. God sent Abraham to stand in the gap. God sent Moses. Do you think God might want to send you somewhere? to care for somebody because God wants to use us to proclaim who he is and what he does. And it's a way God uses to draw us into him and to make us partners. And we say, God will join you in this process. And we pray for God to direct our steps. You know, our Father in heaven, hallowed, your kingdom, your will, help me to live in my relationships. Let me do that. God, give me the ability. And so prayer gives you the opportunity to join with God, to be used of God in this world, and to become a greater friend of God. And then we proclaim God. Somebody said, well, if we're living in the last days, what should we do? Well, here's the right answer, but it's probably not as right as you want it to be. You should be doing what you always do. 
you should be doing everything you can to help people know Jesus Christ. Right? That, that's something, that's, that's our job. That's our opportunity. That's our privilege. Hell is real. Jesus Christ has come to say, look, God will bring judgment. But I long for someone who will stand and tell people so that I don't have to destroy, I don't have to send them to hell. And God wants to display His mercy to sinners. And so we proclaim salvation. That's what we get to do. We just keep doing it until the very end. That's what God wants. And so the city of Nineveh had two options when Jonah came. Two things. They could reject God's message, and if they did, he would destroy them. He would. Abraham tried. God still had to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, didn't he? They could also accept the message and be saved. God is immutable in that. He never changes. And when someone turns to God and accepts his message, he will always save them. They chose to believe God and turn from their wickedness. And when God saw what they did, not just what they said, but what their attitudes reflected, when they turned from their evil ways, God saved the city. It looked like God changed his mind, but God didn't change. He is the same. The city of Nineveh changed. And that made everything change. And so you and I still live with that same God. His plans are there. His ways are set. His character doesn't shift. His promises you can bank on. But God says, I will destroy. I don't want to, but I will. And you and I have the privilege of taking the message of the cross to people so that they don't have to face the judgment of God. That's what we see Jonah doing. That's what his privilege was. He went, delivered the message. They responded. So, well, what if I deliver the message and they don't respond? At least you did your part. So, rejoice in the unchanging character, the unchanging nature, the immutability of God tonight. And everything you can to share with others. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you tonight that you're a God who's consistent, that nothing changes. And so, Lord, we trust you. We thank you that you were willing to accept our prayers and save us. And so, Lord, we have the great privilege now of joining with you in reaching out to others. The time seems to be growing short. 
we are to work until that day comes. So help us, use us, as we give you praise for who you are, as we pray for others, for our neighbors, for our friends, as we pray for you to work in ways that only you can do, as we pray for you to help in our times of need, and as we proclaim the great message that you have for people, there is salvation today in Jesus Christ. Help us to go and live that, I pray. In thy name, amen. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.